everybody. Welcome back to the Paranormal Rabbit Hole. I'm sure I just startled the shit out of you with that intro, but guess what? We're back. Snow's gone. Say goodbye to the snow. Kiss my ass, snow. Melt away. Uh, I know some of you are still probably going through some snow, and it's probably deeper than what it was here, but you know what? I don't like it. Don't like snow. I'm not a kid anymore. It's not as enjoyable as it once was. Snow days don't hit the same, you know? Um, <clears throat> but we're back. We're back in studio. Just uh, ready to do another great episode. But folks, before we get into this episode, I want to talk to you one-on-one and say thank you for listening. First of all, number one, thank you for listening because you guys are freaking awesome. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I never thought I'd have as many listeners as I do now. And I never thought there would be international listeners. I thought I'd have like six listeners. <clears throat> as you can see, the cold weather is getting its licks in. But uh, I, I did. I only thought I'd have six listeners and they'd all be like local people. <laughs> like somewhere somewhere in the mountain towns of Tennessee. These people are listening. Maybe one or two in Ohio because Ohio is a big paranormal state. But uh <clears throat> Woo, winter's getting its kicks in on me too, boys and girls. But realistically, I mean, <laughs> Ohio's like the huge portion of our listeners are in Ohio. So, Ohio, thank you. Thank you so much. But also to the other states and the other countries and the international, thank you so much for listening, first off. Second off, Instagram. Let's get this done. This is the preamble, boys and girls. You know the preamble. Uh, paranormal Rabbit Hole podcast all one word search it follow it done and go down to the bottom five stars drop it hit it let's go and walk away helps us get more listeners helps people find the paranormal rabbit hole and enjoy the same great show that you enjoy every single week except for christmas break because you know we got to take a break during christmas everybody enjoys christmas um but you know, we, we keep dropping these shows because I, I want you guys to have something to listen to. I want you guys to have paranormal content in your eardrums. And that's my promise to you. Now, help us get more listeners. And we could do great stuff together, have fun, hang out, talk about paranormal stuff one-on-one -on -one or in a group. But it, it <clears throat> whew, see, it's catching me. It's catching me. But uh, it just it just really just boosts listeners and helps people find us. Uh, but other than that, I, of course, am your host, Hunter, and I am helping you go down this paranormal rabbit hole. See, it's okay to mess up, folks. Just leave it in there. It's all right. Paranormal rabbit hole. And basically what we do is we get you going. You come down into the Warren and we send you down these paranormal rabbit holes with these different cases or uh, entities or creatures or cryptids that may be out there or UFOs, aliens, ghosts, goblins, ghouls, demons, um, and strange flying objects you know we we get you hooked up and get you started down that paranormal rabbit hole and tonight our paranormal rabbit hole is no different tonight we're talking about the Greenbrier ghost so with tonight's episode it's kind of a you know I want to say it's a Robocop episode kind of this case the Greenbrier ghost pulled a robocop but in fact in fact robocop pulled a greenbrier ghost robocop pulled a greenbrier ghost because this ghost 
is the first case, the first known case of a ghost, you know, getting justice for its own crime. So let that sink in for a second. Moment of silence for your thoughts. So, Elva Zona Hester Shoe. That's a big name. <laughs> this, is, this is the 1800s, so you got to remember, this is the era of big names. Um, so, Elva Zona Hester Shoe, there we go, uh, was born near Greenbrier, West Virginia in 1973. Uh, and, and now she, she lived with her mother at first and then had an illegitimate child. So, uh, Mary Hester, her mother, uh, had kind of known about this background. I don't want to get into the illegitimate child because it's, it's a, it's, it's a story, but it's not part of why we're talking about this case. So, <clears throat> Shortly after giving birth to an illegitimate, good God, I cannot talk. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, next, we'll be talking about Dracula. Uh, no, anyways, uh, 1886 is when she gave birth to the illegitimate child. And, and shortly after that, met and married uh, a blacksmith named Erasmus Trout Shoe. So um, she was Elva Hester. Now she's Elva shoe. <clears throat> so Erasmus was kind of new in town and that made Mary Hester, uh, Zona's mom, very uncomfortable. She, she kind of thought of him as a, a drifter or a ne'er do well and a stranger and just not really cohesive to the village. Um, she did not approve of the marriage. She did not like it. She did not like Erasmus at all. Um, and we're going to call him Ed because he's also gone by Edward. Um, and, and it was one of those things that she just, I don't want to, I don't want to say this because sometimes moms can be overbearing, but sometimes mom has moms have this sixth sense that, they know the bad guy and they're like, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do. Hey, look, this guy's a dick. Uh, let's not, let's not marry him. Let's move on. Uh, that let's, let's talk to the nice, nice guy that owns, uh, his own, uh, bank. Let's talk to him. Yeah. It's a better idea. Like, you know, that, that mom, that mom is smart. She's trying to save you. <clears throat> okay. She's trying to keep you alive. She's making sure you make it to your next birthday. Trust your mom's red flags. Zona should have trusted her mom's red flags. So um, she she just, again, didn't trust Edward. Red flagged him, and this time, mother does know best. Uh, so on uh, January 23rd, 1897, uh, an 11-year-old boy named Andy Jones was sent by Shu to his house with instructions to ask Zona if she needed anything. Um, when he came to the house, uh, the boy found Zona lying on the floor with her feet stretched out straight in front of her, 
one hand at her side, one lying across her body, and her head tilted to one side. Um, so you got to think, and I'm, I'm going to say this, medicine was kind of just getting a lot, like just getting better. They were starting to do more things. But you have to remember also at this time, a lot of what they knew as medicine was practiced through having guys go out in the middle of the night into graveyards and stealing fresh corpses and bringing them back so that they could study them. So that's, that's what scientists had to do before they could get volunteers that would allow their bodies to be studied by science. They had to go out and they had to hire these grave robbers to dig up these fresh corpses, bring them in, and then they would pay them and do tests on them and like run, like slight, cut them open and do autopsies on them. And it was thought of as quite barbaric, but that's how they started to. So this just like uh, realistically autopsies had just started to become very acceptable. Um, and you can see this is evident by the turn of the century. It's one thing that the Sleepy Hollow movie did get right is that autopsies were thought of as very barbaric still, even though they were becoming a little more accepted as the century turned. They were still thought of as, oh my God, you're cutting open a human body. That person was alive. Don't you respect the dead? Yes, I respect the dead, but they might want me to catch their killer. So shall we proceed? You know, that kind of thing was, was the attitude. It's, yes, I, you know, they were starting to become <clears throat> a little more accepted, but still frowned upon, still very much frowned upon. So they had, um, we're, we're going to talk about their little, their their homeboy for doing a little bit of medical work. It's a, a physician by the name of Dr. George Knapp. Uh, he was called, and when he arrived, uh, Edward had dressed his wife in her Sunday best and was cradling her corpse in his arms. Uh, he found it very hard to conduct any kind of investigation into the cause of death properly because of Shu's overwhelming display of grief and announced that Zona had died of everlasting faint. So she just lost a lot of oxygen to her brain and just died. Like the blood just drained from her brain and did not return. And then it was officially later ruled that she had been, uh, she had died due to childbirth. Um, <clears throat> now, you would think that, you know, normal behavior is like excessive mourning, but the doctor kind of thought, it's kind of weird, but okay, he's upset his wife is dead. Who wouldn't be? He's lost his wife. He's lost his child. <clears throat> and, and that's not what he was. That's not what he was kind of looking forward to in life. He was looking forward to being married and having, uh, a wife and, and, and a child and a family. Uh, and it, he kind of continued on with the grief in her funeral. So uh, a lot of funeral mourners noticed that he was doing a lot of weird things like, Oh, this is this and this, and uh, this, this, this red scarf, this is her favorite red scarf. It needs to be tied around her neck at all times. Uh, cause it was her favorite, uh, that they noticed that when the uh when the 
head would, when the body would be moved just a bit, the head would kind of move like as if it were loose and not stiff, as if it were not connected. So they were like, oh, okay. And, th- and then also they noticed that uh, it, 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 I, I, I figure that this might be something they would normally do, but apparently it's not. Um, he, he had, when they were going to bury her, when they were preparing her for the burial, uh, he, he was helping out and, and he placed, uh, he, he, and they said he was always handling, if the casket was moved, he was always handling the head. She was always handling the head. Um, <clears throat> a folded sheet on one side of her head and then an article of clothing. I think it was another, like a shirt or a sweater or some, some, it was something that she had worn that he had put on the other side of her head and to make her more comfortable. Okay. So now I believe in having respect for the dead and I believe giving them, you know, a very beautiful place to become dust. Um, when they die, but I don't think that comfort is top of the list for a dead person. I don't think they're concerned with how plush the casket is. You know, I don't think they're going to feel it. Just, just thought, right? So moving on, moving on. Uh, but he was always handling her head, and he he had put those things on the side of her head to keep it from moving. Let's be honest, to keep it from looking like it's just loose and just you know broken neck, all loosey goosey. You know how it goes when your neck's broken because you're dead. You know, you know how that goes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> he uh, he just did this weird stuff, and they were very observant. So of course that sent everyone into a Hey, does anybody else think that like you can see it now? I can see it now. Everybody like this one family went home. This husband and wife went home and sat down and the wife made some hot tea. Maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm using artistic license here. Had some hot tea made and they had some biscuits and they both sat down and kids were playing in the background because they're like, Oh, we sat through, through this funeral. We're bored. Cause that's what kids do. We don't know the, the revenant, the revenant, the relevancy. Good Lord. I'm trying to talk, but I can't get the words out of my mouth. The relevancy of a funeral. We don't understand why it's relevant to people, why it's important, why it has that, that much of a, a reverence to people. So, um, you know, kids are bored. So they're in there playing. They don't care. And mom and dad are in the kitchen sipping their tea and their dad looks up and goes. So he killed her, right? Yep, 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 yep. I think he killed her too. Yep. I think that, I mean, the way he was handling her head, her neck was definitely broken. She was murdered. I think she was murdered. Yeah, I think he killed her. I think he killed her. That's what, that's exactly what was going on in that kitchen that night. I don't know what family that was, but one family was doing that. He killed her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Report it? Yeah, probably. Maybe we should stay out of it. But um, 
shortly after uh, she was buried, Mary started to have strange dreams. Um, now, I will make a point to say that after her daughter died, Mary did go, hey, God, if my daughter was murdered, please send her back to tell me. So keep this in mind. Little little thing there. She asked for this. Okay? She asked to be haunted. Keep that in mind. No. <laughs> but she she started seeing Zona in uh in her dreams and Zona was telling her, you know, he beat me. He he hit me, he abused me, he threw me around, he slapped me, and he choked me to death and broke my neck, pretty much. She said, you know, he he would, you know, just tell her everything that had happened and how, like, abusive and cruel he was, and then he attacked her in a fit of rage and broke her neck. Um. Now, Mary started to tell everyone, hey, I'm having dreams about Zona. She's she's coming to me and telling me that she was abused and he was cruel and, and he was abusive and he attacked her. And one day she got savagely jealous and enraged and, and he broke her neck. And she tells me this. My daughter tells me this. And so it was for four nights in a row that she would come and visit her mother. And then uh, she she found the prosecutor, um, someone who could, you know, say, hey, this guy, he killed my daughter. Please, please look into this. Please investigate it. So John Alfred Preston said, okay, I'll look into this. You seem so convinced that I, I he, you know, he had heard the gossip of, of the, the dreams and he had also heard the gossip of the funeral. So this guy was doubly interested. He's like, okay, so she's saying that her daughter said that he beat her, whipped her, hit her, was abusive, and then on this day that she was found, broke her neck in a fit of rage. He, he, he was very intrigued by it. So he said, let's, let's have her body exhumed and let's, let's do an autopsy. She says that Zona came to her in a dream and said, Hey, he attacked me. He broke my neck. Let's cut into her neck and let's see if her neck is broken. So, uh, The autopsy was done. Uh, it was uh, 1897 when this was done. So the autopsy was done, and it revealed that Zona had, in fact, had a broken neck. So, Eddie boy, ta-ta, Eddie. You're under arrest for murder, son. Uh, not today, Junior. Um, but while he was in jail awaiting trial, uh, details about his past began to uh, kind of come out uh edward had not only abused zona but he had also abused his first wife and his second wife had died under mysterious circumstances hmm 
I wonder, did she die from childbirth or a broken neck? Hmm. Hmm. So, oh, old uh, shoey boy, old Eddie boy was very busy, uh, just often wives, trying to. He tried to get the first one. She was like, nah, no, 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 no. I'm too smart for this. Uh, second wife didn't didn't get away so lucky. Um, it, it it's it's one of those things that uh, you can't get out of. So what's Edward do? He's you know saying I didn't do this. It's not me. Uh, oh wait, it was that Jones boy that did it. Jones had uh, had killed my wife. Uh, but even though all the evidence was uh, circumstantial, uh, the defense did raise the matter of uh, Hester's uh, ghost story to the court, which they completely believed and found him guilty. So... Nice. <laughs> That's this is just hang on. We're we're not done yet. Uh they found that he was a little bit unstable and they found him guilty and imprisoned him for life, and he died on the thirteenth of March in the nineteen hundreds in Moundsville State Penitentiary, uh near Greenbrier, where there is a uh marker to commemorate this event. Um uh, now has, Zona is is interred in a cemetery nearby. Um, and what's so strange is that this would have gone unsolved if her mother hadn't said, I've seen my daughter's spirit talk to me in my dreams. That pulls into question the afterlife, maybe. Do we have an afterlife? Do we become ghosts? You know, is that it? Um and they never would have taken the body. And and just left it there and he'd have gotten away. But because this dream, because this mother was so convinced, because everybody's like, he's acting a little weird. He's acting a little weird. Uh, now, I, there are some people that say, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. He doesn't seem like it. Uh, maybe she, maybe Dr. Knapp killed her and, uh, Eddie killed her to cover it up. So I don't know about that. That seems a little far-fetched. I feel like this dude was putting that much attention on her neck and being that weird that it's kind of obvious that he did it. He broke her neck and then was trying to cover it up because he was trying to keep her neck covered with a, a bandana he put two sides, uh, two things on either side of her head. I don't, I don't think it was Mister Nap here. We're not going to go after Nap because that doesn't make any sense of why he would go. Oh, he had an abortion, uh, and um, you know, it it doesn't make any sense why that would be it. Like, why would you just, if you have failed the abortion, then you would just kind of leave her there to die and make it look like it was a failed birth. So it that doesn't make any sense. But um, 
it, it's it's one of those where it's it's crazy because this ghost pulled an Alex Murphy. Well, okay, we've discussed this. Alex Murphy pulled a Zona. So it, it, it's it's an interesting thought, though. I mean, if you're a ghost and you can come back and tell people this shithead murdered me, okay? This jerk face right here, this guy, my husband, murdered me. He broke my neck in a fit of rage. You know? Testimony right there. That's I uh, it's to in my eyes, that's legit. No, I mean it's strange. I mean, if you could come back and tell someone, hey, this happened, and then they can prove, hey, this happened. She has a broken neck. This person died this way. Hey, I say this. If you're murdered and you can and you're a ghost, come back. Tell us how you were murdered. Let's solve these crimes. Let's let's find that energy and solve these crimes. Let's get you back some justice. Let's get you that get back. Because I, I believe that, that this is a possibility. I believe that, yes, sometimes there's such a strong pull to unfinished business by the spirits that they can and will hang on and stay until justice is, is truly served. Um, but at the same time, it does seem a little far-fetched. It does seem a little far-fetched that a ghost solved its own murder. But I, I, I tend to think... I tend to err on the side of believing in this story because it seems like if her mom hadn't had these dreams of now it could be that maybe, and I'll, I'll even say this as, as a, as a person who believes in ghosts and also a person who can be a skeptic at times watching him at the funeral pay so much and close attention to how her neck looked and how it was positioned and how her head was positioned. And if it, looked loose and all that. When he's focusing on her neck so much, you can kind of go, he broke her neck. And then in the middle, in the wee hours of the night, go, okay, I think he murdered my daughter. I think this son of a bitch broke her neck and murdered my daughter. And that's why he was holding her neck like that. That's why. And then after four days, you're like, I'm going to tell people I saw her ghost that this is, this is the story. She, waited four days she got that story cemented down to where she's like okay here's what i'm going to say that zona came to me in a dream and said that he used to beat her and strike her and was abusive and that on this day he lost it and in a fit of rage broke her neck then people will be they'll have to believe me because this was a dream my daughter came to me in a dream so I believe that 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 could be a possibility of she just waited and found the perfect example that she could use or the perfect thing that she could use against him to prove that he did it. You know, I think that's exactly what it was, is that she found the right timing. But also it could, if, if, if it's fake, if it's fake, I believe that she found the right timing. Now, if it's real then of course obviously obviously it, it this ghost solved it, her own murder and that's amazing that's i mean it's and this is the first recorded event of it recorded event of it so i think that's fascinating i think that it's a highly po- probable and possible event that happened i believe that zona 
had some strong unfinished business and wanted justice that bad that she was able to come back, visit her mother and tell her what happened. Um, so that, and, and that's, that's what I choose to believe. Uh, but it's an amazing story and it's a, it set a precedent for RoboCop to solve his own murder. So there you go. Anyways, <laughs> that's it boys and girls for this episode of the paranormal rabbit hole. I appreciate you stopping by. Um, again, scroll to the bottom of that page, drop a five star and just mosey on out of here. Throw that phone up against the wall, bash it, break it, go get a new one, drop a five star, do it again. Don't do it again. I'm kidding. Those things are expensive. Don't even do it the first time. Just hit the five star and gently put it down. Gently put it down. But other than that, thank you for coming down this paranormal rabbit hole, boys and girls. Have a great night.